Well, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, a great verse of scripture for us, especially in days like we are living in today. Uh, you know, even if we ourselves, you know, when we, you see those video images of the devastation there in Turkey, and I just can't imagine it, you know, or I often think and pray for Christian believers in, in Ukraine and uh, I, you know, you've probably seen some of the images there of how, you know, these huge buildings, hospitals, schools, apartment buildings are just completely hollow shells. All, all the infrastructure of the country or regions uh, just absolutely destroyed. And, and, and to think that there is nothing to go back to. You know, for people who are fortunate not, of, not to be in the, in the buildings in which they, they lived at the time of the earthquake, you know, that fell, uh, there's nothing to go back to. You know, it's like there, there's no home. There's no place to call home anymore. And uh, it's it just uh, such a difficult thing for us to uh, imp- uh, probably not empathize with, but at least to relate to, because we have unless you've been, you know, lost your home to a fire or something like that. I mean, we just have never been displaced, especially on a mass scale, like some of those regions of the world are. And, uh, but yet, there's lots of news that uh, make us anxious and uh, nervous and, and a lot of things that, you know, are changing and we wonder about, you know, and uh, we are concerned about uh, and in Philippians chapter 4, what a, what a message for us today, the world in which we live. Philippians 4, 6 tells us this, be anxious for nothing. Now you could just put a period there <laughs> and we could just work on that part of the verse, okay? Uh, be anxious for nothing. Uh, you know, my goodness. <laughs> uh, wouldn't that be nice? We were just anxious about nothing. Uh, but it goes on, tells us, gives us instruction here. So don't be anxious for anything, but in everything by prayer. So everything that we're anxious about, bring it to the Lord in prayer and supplication. And again, that's just laying out your request to God with thanksgiving. Let your request be being known to God. So not, not only gives us instruction uh, about, you know, being anxious for nothing, but gives us a solution, a direction to go uh, to release those anxieties to the Lord. You know, I, uh, isn't it amazing how you can just be, you know, you have a, a, a beautiful day outside and uh, you just think, man, this is just wonderful. And then like one thing can happen and it just changes everything, just you know, like one massive earthquake can just ruin your whole day. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, you know, sometimes these, these events happen and uh, take us out of control. I, I read <laughs> a funny news story. It was funny for me, not for the thing it was written about. But a little uh, parakeet. You know, I don't know if anybody has parakeet. But, you know, if there's any, I, I don't know a, a that a cuter, uh, more docile uh, animal exists on the earth than a parakeet. I mean, they're just, they're just cute. And there was a parakeet, apparently, by the name of Chippy, 
Uh, isn't that a great name for a parakeet, Chippy? Well, Chippy was a happy little bird, and uh, its owner decided that, you know, Chippy needed his cage cleaned. And uh, so Chippy remained in the birdcage, and the owner thought, well, I'm just, I'm just going to get the shop vac. You know where this is going all of a sudden, don't you? <laughs> and I'm just going to, you know, like remove all the stuff that needs to be removed out of the cage. Well, they were, it was, things were going just fine until the phone rang, and, uh, and the owner kind of forgot about what was happening at the end of the nozzle there and reached over to get the phone. And all of a sudden, shoop! <laughs> no more chippy in the cage. <laughs> and, uh, and so they're horrified. Open up the, the shop back and there's chippy <laughs> at the bottom of the shop back, just covered in dust and a little bit traumatized, if you can imagine. And they, they picked up Chippy and they thought, well, uh, my goodness, they took him to the bathroom sink to wash Chippy off. So here's Chippy in, under the sink and water over the little guy. And, and, and then they thought, now um, oh, Chippy's all wet. So they got the hair dryer and uh, began to dry Chippy off. And uh, the follow-up to the story was that Chippy survived. Chippy was alive. But uh, they said, yeah, he, he doesn't sing much anymore. <laughs> Chippy is not chipper. <laughs> Have you ever felt like Chippy, though? You know, you're having a pretty good day, and all of a sudden, shwoop! <laughs> you just get caught up in a whirlwind. And, uh, you know, my goodness, you, know, you can be in a peaceful spot, sipping coffee, thinking pleasant thoughts, so maybe warmed by the fireplace, and then without warning, everything changes. You know, one letter with, with three, you know, when you get a letter in the mail, and it has three letters on the inside, I-R-S, you know, that can change your whole experience, can't it? Um, you know, doctor visit, you know, bring disappointing news. I'll tell you what, as a pastor... I have never gotten a happy phone call at 2 in the morning. Never. Okay, if the phone rings at 2 in the morning, it's not good news. <laughs> and uh, you can just change everything in a moment. Um, you know, the world, our world can turn upside down in a moment unexpectedly. And, uh, you know, we can enter, as it were, uh, a hurricane in our own in our own lives and and uh, in times like this you know uh, a verse like be anxious for nothing you just want to say yeah that's easy for you to say <laughs> right and uh, you know our circumstances sometimes are so personal and and affect us so deeply um, it's, it's difficult for us, but, uh, you know, I've, I've never been in a hurricane. Maybe you have lived in parts of the country where there's been hurricanes or storms like that. And, um, I, I understand this, you know, from school and, and of course news reports and that sort of thing. But in every hurricane, there is, is what they call the eye of the hurricane. Are we familiar with that? Yeah. You probably know the same information I do. You know, the, the eye of the hurricane, 
of the hurricane. And it's the, it is the irony in the middle of the storm, right? You get out in the, the outer bands or even some of the inner bands of wind. And I guess uh, hurricanes, you know, in the northern hemisphere turn clockwise. In the southern hemisphere, they turn counterclockwise or maybe vice versa. Um, but, uh, you know, you get in those bands of wind, and that's where all the destruction takes place. But in the eye of the storm, uh, it, can, it can actually be quite nice, quite pleasant, I understand. Uh, never been in the eye of a hurricane, um, but uh, it can be sunny, it can be warm. You, you might even think that there is no storm uh, in the eye of a hurricane, and, uh, you know, all around winds can be roaring from, you know, 60 miles an hour to 130 miles an hour. But, but in the eye, there's relative calm. And uh, life can seem pretty normal, even when you are in the middle of a hurricane. And I think we, we understand that we can't prevent hurricanes in our lives, okay? We can't, you know, be exempted from every storm that is out there. And sometimes things just take us by surprise, and we feel unprepared, we feel anxious about these things, we don't know what's going to happen. But I think God invites us to share the eye of our storm. Whatever's going on in your life, there is the eye of the storm that you can find refuge in until the storm passes away. God is our refuge when, when storms take over our lives. And I think there's a, something important for us to remember and understand during storms of our life. And uh, anytime, you know, we get taken by surprise, it's important to remember this, uh, is that God is good. Okay, that is, a, that is an unchanging fact of all creation is that God is good. And even when we're going through things that is not good, God is still good. You look at the creation account, the early chapters of the Bible, the opening of the book of Genesis, and everything, you know, we, we look at the nature of God, and everything that he created, he proclaimed, was good, right? Let there be light, and there was light, and it was good. It reflected his nature. God's nature is good. He created the, the firmament, and then the land and the sea, and it was good, important for us to to have that fed rock foundation and anchor in our lives to remember that God is good because sometimes the events of our life are not good and sometimes we think that that is a reflection upon God himself it's like well I know God didn't create this but maybe he should have prevented it and uh, we kind of like to blame God for not showing up when he should have and, you know, here I am in this terrible mess. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's God's fault. And we have to always remember that, you know, we are not exempted from life's storms. Um, 
Jesus himself said that, you know, the rain falls on the just and on the unjust alike. We don't, we don't get a pass from, from, you know, the storms of life. We're all subject to them at some point in our existence. But through all of that, God is good. It, when we read the 23rd Psalm, there's, there's this allusion to a storm in, in their life. He says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of what? Death. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even though there is this potential for death to be on me, I'm walking through this valley of the shadow of death, what is, what is the comfort that comes along there? Yeah, you are with me. You are with me. I tell you, it's, it's one thing to go through a storm of life alone, and it's an entirely different thing to go through a storm of life with someone else. And even when we are maybe physically alone, we have a relationship with Jesus. He's there going through that storm with us. It makes, it makes a world of difference for us. And, and that's why God is good. Um, even though in this life, now, now it would be a great selling point for Christianity. And, and as a, a pastor, I kind of wish that, you know, you give your life to Jesus and all of your troubles will forever go away. No more trouble for you. Wouldn't that be a great selling point? That would be wonderful, um, but it's not true. <laughs> and, uh, you know, our troubles uh, come still. Now, now, one of the good things about when Jesus enters our life, uh, he helps us to do, stop doing stupid things, okay? And, and, you know, some of our trouble uh, lessens because Jesus helps us stop doing stupid things, okay? So it, overall, maybe some of the storms in our life will go down, we'll have fewer storms, but we're still not exempt from storms, you know? And, uh, and so even when we're, you know, life finds us, even when, you know, we are chippy in the shop back, God is still with us. And uh, Psalm 62, verse 8, says, Trust in Him at all times. At all times. Even when times are bad, we can still trust God. What, what are we trusting? We're trusting in His nature that He is good. Okay? We sang this morning, one of the songs that we sang is that he works all things together for our what? Our good. Have you ever experienced something bad that turned out good in the end? That's, that's what God does. That's what he specializes in doing. Taking the pain of our life and, and making something good out of it. And even though at the time we cannot imagine how God is going to rescue this or turn this into good, we can still trust him. Believe me, nothing has ever happened in the history of the world that God hasn't already happened before it came to us. And we can trust him in this and that his nature is good. Um, Psalm 62, 8. Trust in him at all times, you people. 
Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. He is the shelter in the time of storm. How many remember that hymn? A shelter in the time of storm. <laughs> right? Oh, Jesus is a rock in a weary land. Right? He's still that today. And he, he doesn't run out when things get bad. Um, I want to maybe take the opportunity uh, to expose something that maybe many of us, if not all of us, at one point either repeated or thought was true uh, about our own situation. I, I heard it just the other day. And I thought, I didn't address it, I just thought, I'll, I'll handle it Sunday. How about that? So, um, if you said that, um, maybe I was talking about you. I don't, I don't remember. But how many have heard people say, good, well-meaning Christians, love Jesus, say, well, you know, God will never put on you any more than you can handle. How many, how many have said that or heard that or thought that? Maybe you even believed it. Let me, let me let you down gently. It's not true, <laughs> okay? Uh, it's not in the Bible, all right? If you can find it in the Bible, you can bring it to me. That is your assignment. If you can find that in the Bible, come show me and say, God will never put anything on you more than you can bear, okay? It's not true. It sounds good, doesn't it? Don't, don't you like the idea of that? But it's not, it's not true at all. Um, God, let me, let me say this. Because God is a good God, God is not playing with you. He's not, well, let's see how much they can bear today. Here's a big load of stuff. Boom! Well, hasn't crushed them yet. Maybe we can add a little bit more. Because I'll never put more on you than you can handle. So here you go. Boom! Here's some more. God doesn't do that. That's the other guy. Okay? <laughs> That's Satan. Satan's doing that. And the truth of the matter is, that there are things in life that overwhelm us. There are things in life that absolutely crush us. More than we can bear. All right? It's just true. If we could handle everything, we wouldn't need Jesus. Why is Jesus with us? Because we can't handle life alone. That's why he's there. And he does invite us, Scripture tells us, to cast all our care upon him. Why? Because he cares for us. So understand, life will give you more than you can handle. Absolutely. But that's why we need Jesus. <laughs> if God doesn't allow us to have more than we could handle, there would be, never be a suicide. Because you'd just be one hairbreadth away from that. But we know that, that that is true. People do take their lives. Why? Because they are overwhelmed. Because it's too much for them. And that's why we call out to Jesus. Jesus, this is too much for me. And we remember this, is that he is a good God. And he's not up there playing with us. He's not up there just, uh, you know, testing us to see how much we can bear before we buckle. 
He's not doing that. He loves us and He cares for us. Um, We aren't strong enough in our own strength. And there are lots of things that are too much for us. And we do get overwhelmed. Uh, You know, God isn't seeing how close we can come to the end without breaking. Um, Psalm 39, verse 4 says this. It says, Lord, make me to know my end, and what is the measure of my days, that I may know what, how strong I am? No, how, how frail I am. What do, what do we understand when we, when we know how frail we are? Is that I need Jesus. I need a good God to help me. Because there are things in life that, are, that just make the wheels come off in my life. And, and I can't take it. I can't, I can't handle it. I know how weak I am. And that's why I cling to Jesus. Because He is a good God. We run to Him because the force of the enemy is too much for us to withstand alone. I had two uh, preacher friends many years ago here on the peninsula and they decided that they wanted to go on a black bear hunt and uh, they got together they chartered an aircraft and, on floats and it took them to the uh the gulf of alaska side of the kenai peninsula up in the mountains a beautiful lake up there they landed on the lake they got all their equipment out and uh, began to set up camp they had one of those uh, indestructible Cabela's geodesic dome tents, you know, and, and they were, they were going to live it up. I mean, this was going to be great. We got this beautiful tent here. This is wild country. We were the only ones in this whole area, and, and it was, you know, full of black bear, and, and uh, they were just really excited. So they set up tent. They were cooking dinner. Just the, the picture of peace by this lake up in the mountains. And uh, as they were starting to eat dinner, they, they heard this, uh, it's hard to describe, a noise, they said. And it just kind of sounded like a jet engine. Just And uh, they thought that was odd. They, they thought, wonder if the military's in here or something, you know, just kind of this roar. And, and uh they, they couldn't figure it out, but by the time they, they were eating dinner and about ready to clean things up, the wind started to blow. And that's what that noise was. It was making its way down through the valleys and had dropped from the mountain tops down onto this lake in this bowl that they were in. And, and it just acted like a funnel, like a, like a chute. And that wind was just concentrated. It came down there and it began to Boy, they, they were scrambling around, kind of picking up stuff so it wouldn't blow off, you know. They were doubling down on the staking of their tent and, and you know, that beautiful Cabela's geodesic dome tent, you know, was, was bending in the wind and, and uh, it just got more ferocious and fierce. And then the rain came in with that. And so here's this hurricane force wind rain just coming down in in buckets and so they scurry and hide in the geodesic dome tent and 
And as they're laying there in their sleeping bags, I mean, the wind is bending that thing right down on top of their faces. And uh, all through the night, it, it rain uh, comes and, and the wind blows. And finally, even that indestructible geodesic dome tent flattened out in the night. And there was so much water, it was just running into the tent like, like they were in the middle of a river. And, uh, and so one of my friends decides, okay, this is crazy. This is crazy. I'm getting out of here. And uh, crawls out of the tent and just has his sleeping bag around him. Nothing is dry. And uh, they can't make a fire. They're just Everything is wet. Everything's inundated. One of the friends uh, stays in the tent. He just kind of hides out there, and that's where he's going to be. He's going to last out the storm in a flat tent and uh, with water running in it. And uh, the, the water, they, they had set out a, a, a coffee can, empty coffee can. It was there, in the, and that thing was full of water. He said it, the rain had filled that coffee can with water, and it was just kind of splashing and overflowing. And it was, he just thought, we're, we're going to die. We're going to die here if we don't get some help. And uh, he had that sleeping bag wrapped around him. And I and, uh, thought I, I, there was an old uh, chair. Do you remember those old uh, picnic, or patio chairs, that aluminum frame, you know, with the, with the you know, kind of woven, you know? Well, they had brought one of those kind of before the, the new style camping chairs. And uh, so they had one of these fold-up aluminum frames. He's, uh, I'm going to sit there. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to sit out of the water. I don't want to sit in a puddle of water. So he just sat there as, a, as this wind and rain just beat on him. And, and uh, he didn't know how long he, he sat there. And it's still dark. It's still night. And uh, has this sodden sleeping bag around him. He's nearly hyperthermic. And, and all of a sudden, he hears this sort of little squeak. And the aluminum frame on that chair gives out. Boom! And he's sitting on the ground uh, with a wet sleeping bag and a destroyed chair. And <laughs> it will not get light soon enough for him. And uh, long story short, they were there three days in those conditions. And uh, barely lived to tell the tale. A black bear actually showed up in their camp as, as the weather was kind of abating and they were waiting for the float plane to pick them up and, and they scared it out of there. They didn't want any black bears. <laughs> they were done. And, uh, and they you know, came in and they were just inches, it seemed, from losing their lives to the storm. Uh, well, is that overwhelming? <laughs> is that overwhelming? Yeah, it was too much. Too much. And in the middle of that, of course, they were praying that God would come rescue them. And uh, that weather broke just in time, and they got on that plane, and they flew them in, and uh, they were bedraggled. Um, you know, we need rescue. You know, just like they needed rescue, sometimes we need rescue, and we would die if not for God in our lives, and the fact that he is a good God. He will rescue us when we call out to him. So there are times in our lives where the circumstances are so painful for us, and 
costs us so much and makes us so anxious that there are times where we doubt that God is good. Sometimes we've had those moments in our lives, have we not? Like, if God is good, then why am I in this circumstances? I shouldn't be in this circumstance. I shouldn't be in this situation. This is of no fault of my own. And yet here I am, and we're tempted to think that God is not good. Now, there's two rules, okay? Only two rules we need to understand. Number one, the number one rule, I've already said it, is that God is good. That is the rule. And you, you might know what rule number two is. When we think that God is not good, refer to rule number one. Right? Even when we're in doubt, God is still good. And even though we may walk through the valley of the shadow of death, He is still there, and He's still good. This is from the heart of God. It's Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. You've heard it many times. I read it this last week in my Bible reading. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you. Wouldn't we love to know the thoughts that God thinks of us? Sometimes I wonder if we suspect that God is thinking about us like, oh, there's my, my little screw-up uh, down there just screwing up again. Uh, you know, sometimes we think God has this big frown on his face when he's looking at us. And, and yet here he reveals his heart towards us. I know the thoughts that I think towards you. And let's, let's just drink this in. I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. You know, I think of this time of year now, January, in my mind, if I characterize this time of year to people, January is the month of cold, right? We can expect 20 below, uh, temperatures and it's just cold. February is the snow month, was it not? Huh? February is the snow month. You got January the cold month, February the snow month, and then March. I call it the shake and bake month, right? It's below zero in the morning and it's above freezing in the afternoon. Crazy, but you know what? You know, it's like, and now we get a 10 day stretch of sun. And, and you know what that does for, even though it's cold. Drove to Anchorage yesterday, and there were t places we drove through, 22 below, and, uh, you know, to, and then it'd go up to seven or eight below, and, and it was crazy watching the fluctuation on the thermometer. But you know what it does? It gives me hope. <laughs> it's like, okay, you're driving around town, and there's water in the street. Snow is melting. Doesn't seem like it should be, but it is. It gives me hope. It's like, all right, this won't last forever. <laughs> Spring is coming. Won't it be great when, you know, in a 24-hour cycle, the, the temperature doesn't go below freezing? When, when, isn't that a, just a great moment, you know? It's like, it only got to 33 degrees last night. Yay! <laughs> Yeah, sometimes we need those reminders, don't we? Um, times we feel we get assaulted from all sides, but, you know, there's hope for us. And part of that hope is knowing that God is good. God is a good God. 
And even when I doubt it, even when I, I have a hard time believing it, God is a good God. And the thoughts that he thinks about me are thoughts of peace and not of evil to give me a future and a hope. Isaiah 59, verse 19, interesting verse of Scripture. You can study it on your own, uh, but uh, Isaiah 59, 19 says, So they shall fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun, so the east. And when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. Interesting piece of understanding here in the translation of scripture so when uh, you are translating for foreign language uh, sometimes especially in ancient language like Hebrew the there's no punctuations okay they don't have commas and periods and you know apostrophes like we do um, they have their own set of rules uh, punctuation so how do you translate <clears throat> this ancient language like Hebrew into English uh, in our contemporary understanding of such things, where we have our own rules about language and written form, and we have punctuations that help us understand what is written. Well, there's some debate about this particular verse. Where does the comma go? So it says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, so what, what's the picture there that we have? Is being overwhelmed, right? Maybe, maybe a flash flood. The enemy's coming in like a flash flood. All of a sudden, boom, we are in the midst of trouble. And it just, sudden, it just overwhelms us. Or, does the comma go somewhere else? When the enemy comes in, comma, like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. Does that change the picture a little bit? And there's debate about this. Most of the versions of our Bible will uh, put the comma where, where the New King James Version did. But it's something for us to ponder. When the enemy comes in, like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. So who's, who's the overwhelming force now? <laughs> Just by moving the comma. That's who God is on our side. And sometimes it does seem like the enemy comes in like a flood. But I want to encourage you. Maybe just ponder this a little bit. Move the comma. <laughs> like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. So when the enemy invades our comfort zone, trespasses upon our peace, overwhelms our confidence, the Spirit of the Lord will flood you with his presence and protection. And we can count upon that today. So, going back to Philippians 4, be anxious for nothing. Why? Because God is good. And that's the thoughts that he thinks towards you. Will we experience difficulty? Yes. We're not exempt from difficulty. But if we will run to him when we are overwhelmed, and remember, if you look at the book of Job, and uh, would you say Job was overwhelmed? Maybe. 
<laughs> who, who put all that on him? It wasn't the Lord. It was the enemy. And God put boundaries around Job even in the midst of that and preserved his life. And when we are overwhelmed, we run to Jesus. I'm going to close, bring this, we're a little bit over time today and apologize for that, but maybe you're in a situation that you just have pondered some of these things and maybe feeling a little overwhelmed about you don't have answers, you know, this is bringing you trouble and, and you just, Lord, I, I know that you're not going to put anything more on me than I can endure. Um, again, Life does that. Life will overwhelm you. Life will put more on you than you can endure. But that's why we run to Jesus, because he's good. He's good. And like a flood, he will come and surround you when you don't know what to do. Heavenly Father, we just bow our heads today and we pray in Jesus' name Lord, that you would come to every one of us, Lord, in our storm. Help us to find the eye of the hurricane. Lord, the storm may still be around, but Lord, we're not anxious. We're not experiencing the violence and the, and the threat of the storm. We're not fearing it. We're not living in fear. But Lord, you are keeping us in the center. And Lord, while that storm expends itself lord that you would just show us the secret of staying within the eye of the storm lord that we would experience peace when it seems like we shouldn't be experiencing peace lord that we not feel overwhelmed and and lord that we would always remember your good nature lord that that you are good god and evil does not come from you and Lord, that you are with us even in the valley of the shadow of death. You are with us. You don't abandon us. You don't run. You don't leave us alone when things are difficult. So Lord, I pray today, Lord, we would take hope once again in your word. And I pray, Lord, those who are experiencing hurricane right now in their lives, Lord, the storm of life, and it's overwhelming them, whatever it may be, I pray right now, Lord, that you'd give them peace. Move them from, Lord, the violence of the storm into the eye. And Lord, even though the storm may still be raging, they're experiencing, Lord, this place of peace. And Lord, we pray that we would always remember how good you are. And Lord, even when that's called into doubt, we'd remember God is good. God is good. And so, Lord, we cast our care, our burden upon you today. And I just encourage you today, Lord, what, or whatever, whatever it is that you're facing, that you just release that to Jesus. And say, Lord, help me to trust you. Help me to feel you invading my trouble with your, a flood of peace in my life right now. So, Lord, we trust you with this. We trust in you at all times. Lord, that 
we can lean upon your everlasting arms. Lord, we, you, we can run to you like the refuge in a weary land. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.